Hey guys, this is Enrica Jang with Red Stylo Media, and you are listening to Adrian King and Adrian Has Issues. guys welcome to adrian has issues i'm adrian and i'm eileen yep eileen is back and we're not gonna wait like another 20 episodes to have her back on <laughs> this is actually your longest streak or no because you were on episode what 64 i think was it 64 no i thought i was in the 50s no it was 60 no it was a lot there was let's see 16 then you did the bond one then Star Wars ones. The Star, well, those two Star Wars ones. Right. And then I kind of didn't want anything to do with you for a while. Jerk. <laughs> and then, um, that's right, then you came back for the Buddy Sclera. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But we are back with um, a very good friend of ours, super awesome lady. Let's see, you're a comic book writer, editor, letterer. Um, overall, what is it? Jill of all trades, right? Jill of all trades, yes. It is Jill of all trades. Let's see, you've worked for DC, Vertigo, Marvel, Dynamite, Red Stylo... Ah uh, man, you pretty much worked for a lot of awesome companies. And matter of fact, before I even get into it, um, this was my very first guest on this podcast, uh, episode one. Yeah, uh, please welcome right. Erica Schultz. That's right. Thank you so much for having me. It was the Ballad of Gray Booker. <laughs> yep, that was the very first episode, and <laughs> I couldn't have asked for. I love how she's laughing because we got to tell that story. <laughs> so. I couldn't, I, I'm just going to flat out say, I could not have asked for a better first guest because I had so much fun in that episode just sitting back and because it pretty much set the tone for everything afterwards. Mm-hmm. So thank you for being a part of that. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it was funny because Gray, I don't know if I told you this, she actually found me on Twitter. No way. She did. She found me on Twitter and she linked to me on Twitter and was just like, hi. It's been like a million years since we've spoken. <laughs> and I, and you know, kind of, it was like one of these kind of like, I just Googled myself and this came up. Oh, so we should probably tell that story just a little bit. I think that was towards the end of the episode. Yes. You were telling the story of a former classmate you had uh, by the name of Gray Booker. And you were really fond of her. I guess you guys were actually friends, right? Yeah, I, she was great. We were talking about uh, health class in like the eighth grade, I think it was. And Gray, Gray was our hero because Gray asked Mr. Murphy, the coach, the question that everybody wanted to know the answer to, which was, why is it when you see a dirty movie, you get the tingly feeling? And, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody... Everybody wanted to know the answer, but nobody had the guts to ask, but she asked. And we like, I mean, it was, it was like, she was my hero after that. I was like, wow. So yes, that's the, that was the the episode, the Ballad of Grey Booker. Yeah. And it was just the perfect title. And it's funny after we wrapped and um, I was editing the episode, I was like, what am I going to call it? And it just came out and I was like, it has to stick. And you know, I, Kind of realized, good thing we weren't speaking ill of this woman, because <laughs> if it went that way and she Googled herself and that came up, that could have gone a completely different way. No, but I mean, we were speaking very well, very highly of her. She she was she was a great <laughs> lady. And I, I say that she was a beautiful woman. She looks great still. When she found me on Twitter, I was I was so shocked. I was like, oh, my God, because it was one of those things that, you know, you laugh about it and then you sort of forget about it for a moment. And then out of nowhere, it comes back and you're thinking, oh, my God, that. That's right. We totally did that episode with with Adrian. But yes, she thought it was very funny. What are the odds that this would uh... come back? Yeah. <laughs> well, I because I think I think you actually have it titled. I think that's that's the episode title is the ballad. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why because when you go to I guess if you Google yourself, it comes up. Oh God, I wonder what she thought of that. <laughs> yeah, and you know I've done that recently and. It's weird. I don't know if anybody else here has because I googled myself not too long I'm ago. I'm afraid to, although there's a there's a, you know there's a million of us. And well, one of those right. names, there's a ton of them. So I know yeah. one of me is involved in a scandal having to do with Russians. 
Um, <laughs> Not you, obviously, but someone with your name has has a Russian scandal. Were you a former KGB agent? I wish, but no, it was something like, I guess they were like a congressman or low-level politician who I think um, had said some very unkind words towards somebody else, and I don't know, it was very weird. Then there's, well, my first name, which I'm not going to say on this podcast, but apparently someone with my first name was running for the school board in my hometown. Really? So that was kind of fun. It's like, yeah. It wasn't your dad? No, it wasn't my dad. That's the funny part, because <laughs> everybody was like, when are you running for school board? Because then they got mad, because they thought it was conflict of interest. I'm like, no, I'm, that's not me. <laughs> then on top of that, apparently there's also a Dr. Adrian King who writes uh, case studies on polyamorous relationships. I'm like, oh, nice. Oh, that sounds more like you. <laughs> but see but i was like either that or the kgb guy it's like well let me find out you got a white cat hidden in the back room <laughs> a hairless white cat A hairless white cat. <laughs> so wait you've never googled yourself no because I, well one i have okay i can't even call the doctor's office without them asking me what's your birthday where do you live because there's like a million of us just in my doctor's office so imagine me trying to Google me. I mean, forget it. I mean, uh. you know what? While we're talking, while you two are, in it, I'm actually gonna Google your name and see what comes oh, up. Oh God, please! I'm afraid you probably find my credit history, which is horrible. Well, I'm not oh, going yeah. deep web. <laughs> like this isn't. You shouldn't be able to find somebody's credit history just for Googling them. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, if they yeah, I'm do, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I mean, I hear stories of the stuff they find, and I'm like, I, I don't want to know. Whatever, I whatever you find, baby, I, I didn't know any better. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Erica. I, I was hard. young. I was dumb. I needed the money. <laughs> Shoot, I need the money now. Maybe I should go back. <laughs> like... However, just typing in your name, two of the autofill choices are um, Eileen Rodriguez Tribeca and Eileen Rodriguez Flu. So flu? I'm... Flu as in like F-L-U as in like... Oh, that's an I. It's an F-I-U. Okay, then it said flu. I was like, oh God, that's not good. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, you're very pretty. Huh. Well, that girl with that big forehead though. <laughs> Why is there a guy there? Well, guys could be Eileen. It's 2016. Be progressive. I've never... I, Do I, I look like guys, that chick with the red lips? <laughs> I've, I've oh, known guys being Kelly. I've known guys being Shannon. I've yes, never I known know. a guy being Eileen. Yeah, that would... Yeah, yeah that would be interesting. Or maybe it's not... Uh, Unless it's just you showing everybody now. Maybe okay. it's just showing everybody, because that's funny. <laughs> So, yeah. Yes, I'm going to go back to my maiden name. <laughs> and look at that. And I felt so great when having you on a show and then hearing that story. It was just funny because I'm like, look at us. We're bringing people together on a podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she heard the episode and then she stopped calling her again. <laughs> no, she still technically follows me on Twitter, but she probably mutes me. Oh. oh. <laughs> I haven't blocked yet, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, I think that was more miracles, <laughs> right? But I think you're like the least immutable person on Twitter, and I should talk because I don't shut up. Pretty yeah. much, I'm sure everybody mutes me on Twitter. No, no, you're one of my favorite people. Like, you always come out with something, and it's just kind of like, that's my girl. That's my girl. She <laughs> says it. <laughs> See, that's the thing is like, I say stuff that people want to say, but don't say. And exactly. then I'm like, oh man, I said it. And, that, and then I wait for like, the storm, but then there is no storm, probably because nobody knows that I exist. So I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I guess I should be happy and sad. Like, I don't want, like, gamer gators to come after me or anything like that. But I'll say stuff like, wow, gamer gators are a bunch of idiots or, you know, something really crass. And, you know, nobody comes after me for it. Which is fine. I, I should be perfectly happy with that. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not something to... And it's funny, I had to come after me once because someone accused me of being one. A gamer gator? Yeah, only because I, I don't even know who the director was. I think it might have been, like, Eli Roth or something. Like, I retweeted, like, one of his movie posters, and someone accused me of being from Gabergate. I was like, wow, all right, um, that's a thing. That was a stretch. <laughs> I was like, wow. People are very, very strange. <laughs> but yes. no, but that's why we're, at least on this podcast, we're very big fans of you, because not for nothing there's ways to say things and especially when it comes to just life in general and you know it's hard because i try to say those things and i i'm terrible at it which is why eileen usually handles a lot of my press <laughs> <laughs> but no it's like the things that need to be said but they're said in a way that are meant to educate and it's not that you're punching down but it's like some of these things just need to be pointed out and it's not always from it's not from a place of being hurtful it's a place of being like hey you know you're being an ass yeah <laughs> learn something yeah sometimes people can be really incredibly idiotic so yes. 
The internet scares me sometimes. Like, th- these people really exist and they're having babies. Uh, no. <laughs> so, don't no. I love how that, that's a major fear for you. It's not that they're idiots, but they're programmed. They're breeding. There's well, more of them. That that is kind of a that is kind of a scary thought to know that they're sort of passing ignorance. Yes, and I think that's the thing, you know, and the climate that we're in is just—it's still so prevalent, and it's just kind of like, how do you have so much information available to you and yet still ignorant? <laughs> you know what I mean? I actually I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is way more computer literate than I am in terms of like HTML and, you know, all this computer programming than I am. Like I can work a computer. I don't know how a computer works. So he was telling me about how if you could get enough people together to actually go onto Wikipedia and change articles, then you could pretty much change what people think has actually happened in the world. Because people use Wikipedia like we used to use the old Encyclopedia Britannica's. You take it as gospel. A lot of people do. And it's funny because when I'm in school, they always tell you don't go to Wikipedia because Mm -hmm. anybody could change it. There are a lot of articles where you have people that are actually know what they're talking about. Like I know one of our librarians is a contributor on Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. but you got to cross reference and you got to really have, you know, because anybody can really go on there and say whatever. And it's kind of that wag the dog thing where, you know, you can put up whatever and if you have enough people saying it or you people believe what they see or they believe what they hear and then it's you find out it's crap you know and on facebook they do that all the time like oh there's this army dude and he lost his leg in vietnam and he whatever and you should say a prayer for him and then at the end it's like psych this guy is just dressed up for a party and you just believe this whole story just because you saw it online you know (laughs) and it's like whoa yeah you know but people do and it's just funny how the media it doesn't take much to swing people from one viewpoint to another and it's like people you got to be selective you got to really look at who's saying what where is this coming from what's the motive behind it and online there's just so much information that you really got to kind of filter through it exactly exactly and the other thing is that you know there's so much with the uh, the algorithms that they use, mm-hmm. you know, like if all you do is look at really like angry stuff, the only thing that you're going to see is angry stuff. If all you do is look at political arguments, the only thing that you're going to see are more political arguments. It, 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 it like turns into an echo chamber, basically. Yeah. And, you know, it just constantly feeds whatever you're feeling. So if you're like, you know, there's a lot of people who are like super negative. I'm the first person to admit I'm like super negative, but you go online and the only thing that comes up in your feed is other people reinforcing that negativity, whether it's against a candidate or it's against politics or it's against, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. So it's very interesting. You could find anybody to back up pretty much anything in this world, which is kind of scary. Yeah. People believe a lot of very strange things. Like I make a joke. I, I do believe that the moon landing happened. That's, I'm going to say that straight up. But okay, I do love watching these conspiracy TV shows. I love it because I think that they are so funny. They're kind of amazing. They really they're are. They're so amazing <laughs> and they're so funny and it, it's, to me, it is amazing to see how people can convince themselves of anything. I was just thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I have nothing else to add to that. <laughs> you can convince yourself of anything if you really, really try. And I just, I just thought that that was just so funny because you're watching these. I'm watching these things on like the moon landing never happened and Stanley Kubrick was the one who, you know, um, who directed it and all this other stuff. Oh, that's well, first of so all, if Stanley Kubrick directed the moon landing, the production value would have been much better than it was. <laughs> no, you didn't see. There's, there's a documentary on Netflix. It's called like Room 224 or whatever. And basically it says that Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining is proof that the moon land, that he directed the moon landing because of the carpeting in the hotel. If you look at the carpeting, the carpeting 
the design on the carpeting is the exact setup of what the moon landing looked like. And I mean, it's. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'd imagine like Neil Armstrong's in the, uh, <laughs> in the shuttle and <laughs> Jack Nicholson's got an ax like trying to cut through the thing. Oh my God. Oh, that's funny. People can find anything to justify anything. But that's the point is like, people will just, just justify it and just, Oh, well it's this. And, and I used to work at NASA and blah, 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 you know, whatever. But I just find these things so funny. And I feel bad kind of, you know, making fun of these people. But at the same time, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> but we see that on a daily basis and I'm you know, skirting away from the political, but keeping it within our industry. And, you know, I don't want to keep saying the name of that group because I feel like saying it kind of like gives them some sort of power. Those people. Will just but the, 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 the people we were just referring to a couple of minutes ago. Yes. And that's kind of how that happened. I feel like because of those people. You know, and you say to yourself, how does anybody gain that much momentum, that much movement in what's a relatively like large space? But then it's like, how is it different from anybody else? Because like you said, you know, you start searching for more things and you get that stuff right back. And sadly, you know, in a way that algorithm is very awesome. And I, I can't really demonize it too much because, well, that's how I met Eileen. Yeah. <laughs> we met on Twitter. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, you know, that algorithm could be really awesome, but it can go the other way, too. And I was just thinking about, as you said, that um, was a couple of months ago over the summer when you wrote that, um, you're talking about your blog, the the piece on fandom. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I just made me think about that and just how much it sucks, because here we are trying to celebrate comics and fandom and geekdom, and then it goes the other way, and you're like, ah, man, and it's like, you don't want to talk about it, because, like I said, addressing it sometimes will cause that to just sort of kind of be around, but it's like, you can't dismiss it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, if you dismiss it, then then people feel angry that you've dismissed them, and it's like, I mean, y you can't win. I mean, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's one of these things where, you know, I know some people who just, they don't say anything and it's this sort of, you know, I'll, I'll just be in the back and be silent because it's the path of least resistance or whatever. But it's almost like then you're doing that tacit approval. Yeah. So I, I don't know. The world is a very strange place. That's, that's the only thing I can say. But it's also amusing. Sorry, I think okay. about the, uh, the Stanley Kubrick thing. It's like, I'm still kind of caught on that. I'm like, wow, I never... How? Oh man! See now, now I feel like I'm making fun, but I'm the, I'm general question because I've never actually heard that before. So I'm like, how many times do you really have to watch both of those to get that? Well, that's like the people who figured out that that um Pink Floyd perfectly lined up with Wizard of Oz, which I don't think you know? it doesn't. There's <laughs> definitely parts where it doesn't link up, but that's a whole other discussion. You have to use the NTSB version. Oh, is that what it is? Yes, you have to use the NTSB version because if you use the PAL version or any other version, this is what happens. There's a difference in the frame rate. It's either 29.97 frames per second or 30 frames per second. If you use, I believe the NTSB version is the 29.97 frames. What's NTSB? Sorry. It's a um, broadcast format. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of the standard, isn't it? Or is it NTSC? I can't think it's... Because I know PAL is Europe usually, correct? PAL is European. Right, because I thought NTSC was our standard, but I didn't realize that they could even play domestically. Yeah, th well, they can. So that's the thing. Because I know that people on their DVD players, they can have, like, multinational reader because, like, all DVDs for U.S. are considered one number and then DVDs for the U.K. are another number and DVDs for Japan are a third number. Right. And things like that. Um, they're region numbers, basically. And I know that you can get a little device that you can hook up to your DVD so your DVD can then read the different regions. Wow. Which is why a lot of people who are getting, like, let's say, video game imports had to have either a modded console or one specifically like from another country because, you, you know, you had to play that actual coding but i think we've gotten a lot better with that now where a lot of things are region free or or at least the coding can switch on the fly without having to like, get all these crazy components but wow, this got really nerdy for a second so yeah, i was saying like whoa like she wins like full nerd like you do and i was like wow like i'm totally lost now but it's <laughs> fascinating yeah, well, it's, well the only reason why i know this is because when i was working on the um the astonishing x-men motion comic the gifted one we were doing the animation and the animation can be done at, you know, you, you can do anything at, you can do things at 20, 
23.37 or 23.97, 24 frames, uh, 29.97, 30 frames, whatever. And I remember that when we had gotten music back, music was at one frame rate. I was lip syncing to another frame rate. And then when we tried to match them up again, it wasn't working because one was 30 frames per second. The other one was 29.97. And in the beginning, it's fine. It syncs up. But then that extra 0.03 frame starts to to sort of snowball. Yeah, exactly. Which is why if you use the wrong version of Wizard of Oz, Mm -hmm. it'll work for the first song or two, but then it'll snowball and it'll catch up and then it'll be completely out of sync. So you have to use a specific version. I believe it's the NTSB version. And you hit play on the CD player on the third War of the Lion. Huh. Yes. That is pretty badass. Whoa. That sadly that I know that. <laughs> no, not at all. Because I tried it once, and I don't know if it was just a matter of maybe it was the wrong version. Or you didn't press play at the right second. Yeah, it always felt a little off, or maybe, like I said, I'm I'm morose and I'm jaded, and I was like, yeah, this ain't that great. <laughs> now, Both can be true. <laughs> now, if you sync up like the first Air Bud to like, NWA, awesome experience. <laughs> Is that true? No, not at all. Oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, she's going to try it, too. <laughs> I was about to be like, cool. However, um, my best friend, Will and I, once we were recording a podcast where um, we we're basically like watching a movie and we usually are like talking behind it or even occasionally riffing on it. But there was a movie back and I think it was either the 50s or early 60s. Like, I'm forgetting the date and this is killing me, but it's called Fast and Furious. Not the Fast and Furious that we know. No. No, but it turns out since they had the original title for that, they actually had to, I think they had to get around or getting permission to use that title since it already belonged. But that was sort of what was funny about it is we were basically discussing that movie in relation to, of course, you know, the Vin Diesel, Paul Walker movie. So at the end, there's this big race. So what we did was just to get up as the race started, we started playing Ludicrous Act the Fool. <laughs> And it syncs up perfectly because you're watching like this black and white race footage with like ludicrous rapping, and it made the scene so much better. Oh, that's <laughs> you need funny. to put that on YouTube. We really should, and of course, now that we said it, now it's open. Someone else is going to do that, but <laughs> at least credit Adrian has issues. Um, they got to find a movie first. Oh, it was on. Oh, yeah. Um, it used to be on Amazon Instant Video. I don't know if it's still there or not. Yeah, but now I just help them. Well. <laughs> Well, there you go. See, hey, as long as I get the credit for it, you know. Or you could just, or you could just bleep the title out when you read <laughs> well, it. It's going to sound like an adult movie at that point. Like, oh, well. oh it's bleep and blink. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's not going to help anybody. Might get more listeners, though. <laughs> hey, you know, clickbait. Exactly. I want my chance to be a tired meme at some point. There you go. See, we, we can all strive for something. Right now, you're just tired. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're all tired. (laughs) My cat is sleeping in the corner and I'm like, move over. (laughs) Aww. Is it is it a bald white cat? No, he's not a bald white cat. No, okay. I just imagine like the whole time you're like nudging it with your foot. (laughs) Move over. (laughs) He's like, yeah. I think your cat sounds like Snarf. (laughs) I haven't really watched the new Thundercats. It's not great. New Voltron is awesome, though. I, You know, we watched the new Voltron. I wasn't jumping up and down, but I didn't hate it. Right. Well, I, yeah, I went in there kind of ready to hate it, and it actually ended up... It, it was a little slow in the beginning. The characters were a little kind of like, eh. But it ended up kind of growing on me, and, and it was actually pretty cool. Like, we ended up kind of liking them. Like, I'm looking forward to the next season. Yeah, have they given a date as to when the next season's coming? Nope, and I've been looking, sadly. <laughs> Meanwhile, Stranger Things got eight seasons, but Voltron hasn't even got greenlit yet. It's like, you know, the world is a terrible place. I I haven't watched Stranger Things, and everybody tells me that I need to, but I'm the type of person where if something gets hyped... I don't want to watch it. I can't watch it if it gets hyped. I the same way. Oh my god. Yeah. I yeah. I, I have no interest in it at all. And then after hearing all the stuff, people making fun of it, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to watch this objectively now. <laughs> yeah, because I'm either going to go in 
and think, oh, this is going to be awesome. And then it's not awesome. And then I get disappointed or I'm going to go in and be like, oh, well, I already know what happens because everybody's been talking about it already. Yeah, and I had that happen. I ruined a really good bag of kettle chips for that. <laughs> I was so hyped. I had like two bags and the kids were in bed. It was like three in the morning. I had the lights out and it's like all this junk food. I'm like This is going to be great. And <laughs> where the hell was I? You were just when you were away. And you were disappointed with that? Uh, see, I probably should stop talking because I'm sure the internet's like, everybody's like stopping listening to this now. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to the get record, all those. You get the record scratch. <laughs> yeah, because they're not going to get all the, uh, oh, now I'm going to get the internet flack. But no, you know what it is? It's decent, but it's not amazing. Like I said, not, I wasn't jumping up and down, but uh, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it at that. You keep ragging on Renona. <laughs> no, because that performance borderline on cartoonish. She looks busted. <laughs> I'm just gonna I, say it. I love you, Erica. You know, she she has not aged well. I mean, okay, I'm I know that's a horrible mean thing to say. And I know that I'm gonna get Truth is truth. I'll probably get flack of, oh, you're not being woman positive or whatever, you know, eh. whatever. I personally don't think that she's aged very well. But at the same time, I don't know the character, so maybe she's supposed to look like she's, you know, haggard. I'm going to say this. Yes and no, because there's some of that where I think that's definitely what they called for. But, and I hate, this is going to sound awful. And again, like, you know, so I'm trying to be positive, but yet there's a reason why she was cast. <laughs> okay. And I, I can't really say much about that because the rest of it goes into spoiler material. But Spoiler? You know, it's, I'm pretty sure like the casting director... <laughs> I know, but still. <laughs> Somebody else might, I guess. Yeah. I feel like the casting director, it's like, okay, we're looking for a particular type. Who do we know that's that type that's roughly around his age or whatever, who has some credibility? And who's not Lindsay Lohan? Well, no, because that's, no, that's the Canyons, but that's a different, <laughs> oof, that is a movie. Lindsay Lohan's um, way too young. Lindsay Lohan's younger than I am. Okay, Tara Reid. Tara Reid, oh, God. <laughs> but, no, yeah, like it, I feel bad because I feel like they were going for a look and, you know, and they cast her, I think, specifically or at least she auditioned. And I almost sort of, I really do feel bad for her because let's be honest, like Winona Ryder, you know, and, and at her height was awesome. Like, you know, she's in some really great movies and then, you know, scandal after scandal and, you know, things kind of fell off. But, you know, then when she did come back, something was definitely different. And I don't know if it maybe has something to do with all the incidents, you know, with all the shoplifting, because, you know, that kind of went mm -hmm. on for a long time. Yeah, she was in and out of court. Yeah, so I don't know what happened, but, you know, it was good to see her again. But, yeah, something felt different. Something felt off. And I feel like when they cast her, they knew that because her performance really does feel like that's that's coming from someplace. Okay. Well, I do know that she played Spock's mother in the reboot of Star Trek. She yeah. did well with that. She was they great. Didn't, she didn't say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's why she did well. Um, yeah, she didn't. She didn't say very much. Although I know they had purposely aged her for that role, right. obviously. Yeah. But I thought she was a very sort of unusual casting for that. I thought, why would they cast her for that part? Like I was confused by that casting. Yeah, now that you think about they it, they wanted to put a name in there. Probably they just wanted to add another star. I mean, they had plenty of names for, you know, they had Nimoy. You know, they had, you know, other names that they could that they were using. So I mean, that's why I was kind of like, why, you know, I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I could say is that maybe they felt that because of the character. You know, it was supposed to be, you know, that's sort of his connection, you know, his mother. It was a very strong bond. And when she passed, you know, I love, I was almost about to say spoiler alert, but I'm like, the movie's been out for like seven, eight years now. <laughs> Relax. But, um, you know, when his mother does die, it's kind of heavy. And I realize they do that a lot in movies where they'll give bit parts to more names because I think they feel that it kind of creates some sort of maybe emotional resonance. Because right. if you're saying to yourself, okay, here's Jane Doe number 57-3, who's playing Spock's mother. You know, I mean, you know from the story that she's close, but you don't know much about her at all. So it's like when she passed, you're like, okay, so that was just some random no name. So then it's like you throw one on the writer or at least a name that, you know, someone would recognize. Then you're like, oh no, we're on the writer's dead. So, I don't know, maybe it's coming from that way, because then it's like they cast Chris Hemsworth at Kirk's father, and at the time, he had only done, what, the first Thor, maybe? I don't think he even did the first Thor. That's right, that was even pre-Thor, so then it's like, when he... He did his father? 
Yeah, he was his father that. in the very beginning. Yeah, no one remembers that because it was. I such remember a... the Winona thing, but I didn't remember Chris. Yeah, he was thin, not as good looking, not nearly as hot. But anyway, what? <laughs> he hadn't like super buffed. He, I mean, he was toned, but he wasn't like super buff. I think that's what it was. Yeah, so when he went, you know, you're not really thinking much of it. It's like, oh, man, his, his father is dead. But, yeah, I'm sure if that movie came out post-Thor, you'd be like, oh, snap, they killed Chris Hensworth in the first five minutes. Yeah, who kills Thor? <laughs> <laughs> I think casting really makes a difference for certain movies. Mm-hmm. When they did Chicago as a movie and they had a, um, and uh, Queen Latifah was up for a an Oscar for it. And they had uh, Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Um, I think it was Hugh Jackman had said that he was actually supposed to be in it, but he didn't take the role. And he said something about how he was walking down the street and he saw the line like around the block for that movie. And he thought like, wow, you know, what have I done kind of thing. But at the same time, he said, you know, if I had played it, it would have been a different movie. And the way they did it was good. So I think casting has a, has a lot to do with it. I mean, and that's why casting is like, there's a great Netflix documentary on this casting director. She's cast like every top winning movie in like the last 20 years. That's crazy. So, yeah. Do you remember the name of it? Of the Netflix movie? Yeah. Oh, God. Of course I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I was just curious. I would love to definitely check that out. Let me see what the interwebs tell me. How to audition for Netflix? What? Wait, what? Really? Oh, these are actually just casting calls for Netflix projects. Oh. Hey, you want to audition for the Get Down? (laughs) I'm not going back to the 70s. I already did it once. (laughs) Yeah, supposedly they're casting for season two of... uh... I will never get those colors out of my head. I didn't didn't know Get Down already got um, greenlit. That's great. I didn't realize it was only the first part, which is interesting because they usually release it all at once. Yeah. And not for nothing. I'm actually surprised they haven't talked about that more. You know, what surprises me was I thought all the Netflix series were supposed to be like the binges. Like that's that was kind of the whole purpose behind them. Right. Unless they weren't thinking they were playing it safe with this one. Be like, all right, let's put it out and see if people actually like it, whatever. I've heard nothing but good stuff about it. Yeah. I've, I've heard like really great. Like everybody's been saying it's fantastic. The casting's great. The music's great. I do think, though, with Sense8, Netflix did that where it was like a weekly thing. But when I actually watched it, all the episodes had already been out, so I got to binge on it. Oh, I didn't realize that was um, originally weekly. I think that it was because I remember when my friend was telling me about it, she was saying something about, oh, you got to watch it when, you know, it's going to come out. It's going to come out, you know, every other, you know, every week, a new episode kind of thing. Um, but that, I mean, that was a very experimental show. I don't know if you if you saw it. No, I had heard a little bit about it. Nothing spoilery, but I knew the Wachowskis were involved, which I did that thing where I kind of rolled my eyes because I, I still feel like they owe me money after Speed Racer and the last two Matrix movies. <laughs> oh, and what was it on Jupiter Ascending? Yeah, so uh, they I were kind of... Jupiter Ascending. It's a beautiful movie. It's gorgeous. Like the special effects or whatever are amazing. It's a beautiful world. But... <laughs> But and it's a very large butt. It's like you took the whole Lord of the Rings saga with the Hobbit, whatever, and then they had to condense it down to like an hour and a half. And put it in space. And put it in space. And it's just kind of basically it's it's so many holes and it had so much potential. But yeah. Yeah, that movie it's, was it, it's if a read of compromise. If you could watch it with the sound off, it's gorgeous. Let it just play. It's Sink that up with Dark Side of the Moon. There you go. <laughs> oh, that would probably be cool. <laughs> But yeah, you know, Channing is always beautiful as always, even with pixie ears. But yeah, he has pixie ears. Yeah. Yeah. I knew he was like an alien or something. I didn't know he was like a he. Well, he's not a pixie. He's a he's part dog or something. I don't know. See, that's the thing. Once you get into trying to explain it, that's when that's when the headaches start. Yeah, because it was like a soldier. He's not. He's definitely not human to be part beast so that for the soldiery jeans and yeah it's like a whole i guess it, it, it had the potential if it was you know we could get the book version it would be great you like imagine like dune but they had to really cut it down a lot yeah that's why dune was like six hours long yeah but now imagine if you had to take dune and try to condense it into you know two hours plus commercials <laughs> you know there's a lot of 
you know, and you have all the different branches of the families and, and you don't have time to discuss everybody. So people are just kind of passing in and out and you're like, who was that? And why the hell should I care? yeah so So there's no like development of character yeah it was that or there were huge plot holes or people that showed up in the beginning didn't show up again and it was like then why were they here in the first place so it it was a good premise but it was not you could tell that they were they were rushed as far as trying to put a story together and they spent way too much time making it look pretty and being very cinematic i mean you know it was very definitely made for the big screen but again it was gorgeous but the timing the 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 pacing you know some things they dragged out and spent a lot of time and then everything else was rushed and it was just kind of like uh. did they write it i know they directed it but did they also write it i don't remember but yeah, I feel like that's a movie that I but think didn't they have a lot of issues with getting off the ground even. Yeah, or? it got delayed at least twice. You know, like I said, there was a lot. I'm sure they had another ambitious project, but you know, while for everything with the Matrix, you know, they, I think a lot of people are like, you know what, you hadn't had like a massive, massive hit in a while, so I feel like they had to kind of talk them into at least getting that much off the ground. But you it, know, what? It, it it's had a good potential. Rental. Yeah, it had a potential to be a good series. Like if it could be a few movies, it had that potential but yeah it, it didn't or maybe after sense eight maybe they'll revisit it and do like a netflix show that seems to be the way to go for everything else that might be cool well that's the thing is i don't think sense eight got got greenlit for uh for a second season really mm. i haven't seen anything about it but i could be completely wrong like i'm not the one with the finger on the pulse you know so <laughs> that would be hurtful though Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. Would you like to hear the latest in Marvel television, film, video games, and comic books? Or are you looking for some ideas on what to pick up on New Comic Book Day? Well, join Mike and Eric on Mighty Marvel Geeks every Saturday night on Sorcerer Radio and every Sunday on the Weeby Geeks Network for all things Marvel. There is a matter that requires your attention. Mighty Marvel Geeks. Assemble. So something I wanted to ask you, and I know we probably should have done at the top of the show, something you had mentioned very briefly, the DC Comics Talent Showcase. Yes. And that was funny because you mentioned that. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. But then I'm looking through it. It's like, oh, my gosh, your name's on a list. (laughs) I was part of the pilot program. Did not know that. Yeah. There were a bunch of us. I believe I can talk about it now. There were a bunch of us that were brought in early this year. And we were the pilot program. So we were the ones who sort of worked out the kinks. And then once they got every, like once they got what they wanted to get together, like how they wanted to do the program, then they opened it up for people to submit to. Um, But yeah, I was, I was one of the uh, inaugural people for it. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of work. I can imagine, because I know you've done work for, let's say, Marvel and like, sort of major publishers. Mm-hmm. So still, I'd imagine it's even more daunting. But yeah, I, I heard they really do put you through your paces on those. Oh, they did. They definitely did. I mean, because I I haven't done homework in a really long time. And <laughs> you, we had homework. You know, we had reading that we had to do. We had, you know, scripts. We had script revisions. And it was a lot of work. But I learned an immense amount. I met some fantastically talented people. I was very lucky to to do that. And some of the people that were in the class were really great. One of my uh, Swords of Sorrow comrades was also in the class with me, Emma Beebe. She wrote the um, Pantha Jane Porter Swords of Sorrow, and she also writes uh, Doc, um, Judge Dredd and Doctor Who and stuff. So it was great to relink up with uh, with Emma. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was a lot of work, but it was also a lot of fun and I'm very, very fortunate to, uh, to have been part of it. Quick plug, by the way, if anyone listening hasn't read Swords of Sorrow, cause you were the one was a Cato and Masquerade, correct? I had Cato and Masquerade with G. Willow Wilson and I wrote that together. And then, uh, I wrote the Black Sparrow Lady Zorro on my own. Are you going to be doing any more uh, mythologies like that? Well, actually, I am going to be doing an anthology with uh, Fix and Varsity. 
uh, T. Franklin. She has, uh, she just announced yesterday, we're um, going to be working on with a bunch of people with Scott Snyder and Gail Simone and Marguerite Bennett, DJ Kirkland, Tess Fowler. It's uh, called End the Stigma. And it is an anthology about ending the stigma of mental illness. And a lot of people have, um, who have joined on are going to be telling very personal stories about, you know, their struggles with mental illness or family struggles with mental illness. It's great. She um, put out the press release last night, I believe. Submissions are going to be open the 30th of September to the 31st of October. It's open submissions for uh, End the Stigma. And you can go to mentalhealthanthology.com and you can definitely go through the submission process and you know, if you have a story, we're looking for all kinds of people to tell great stories. We were having this whole conversation about how one in four people suffer from mental illness. And that's like a huge deal that nobody wants to talk about. Right. So it's definitely a very important thing for both she and myself and all the people that are going to be involved. So definitely check it out. Absolutely. We can be here for a while talking about the fact that mental health or at least even just hearing it you know people still get very uncomfortable and it's very hard to talk about having something like that where people can read stories in a way where it's supportive and they're sharing and i can't even stress enough how important that is and i'm really glad that they've taken it upon themselves to create something like this and to use their stories and while that may be very hard that could possibly save a life that's what t's really going for i mean she did black comics month she um she has another uh, anthology coming out called Afrofuturistic, which is really cool. The whole point is to hopefully open a conversation. You know, if someone is struggling with mental health issues and they still feel ashamed about it to, you know, say, look, you can have this conversation, talk to your parents or talk to a therapist or something like that. So that's that's kind of the whole point is to open the conversation. So yeah, that's going to be coming out uh, next year for Mental Health Month um, in May, but uh, the submissions are opening in on September 30th. So definitely. That's awesome. And that's something that I, I know me personally, I will very much look forward to that because it's just mental illness is more widespread than people think. Mm-hmm. Everybody has it, and I know, like, you know, I mean, I'm very open about myself. I have anxiety, you know, panic disorder, mood disorder, depression. A lot of people have that. A lot of people have more, there's more stress in the world. So more people have anxiety, more people have depression. And then you have, you know, people, and I've had family, too, that it's like, oh, you know, I I get sad, too. I get depressed, too, or, or I get worried, too. And I'm like, if you just think it's being sad or being worried, then you have no idea you don't know what it is Mm -hmm. because I could be sitting here perfectly happy, smiling, having a good time. And then all of a sudden you just snap, your mood changes and, or you could be thinking you're all kind of fine. I'm handling it. And all of a sudden the heart starts racing, the breathing goes and you're kind of looking at yourself. Like, why am I reacting this way? You can't control it. You can't. Mm -hmm. And I tell people I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I suffer from anxiety and depression. Yeah. So explain how that works, you know. So it's like, don't tell me you're sad and you're anxious. You don't get it. And people need to understand that there's way more to it than just, I'm sad and I'm worried. And this is really important. And I'm so glad. I mean, if you talk to her, thank her again. I definitely um, will. Keep us posted. And, um, you know, maybe I'll shoot a little something over. and Maybe, maybe you submit a story. Maybe. <laughs> in between all my homework <laughs> yeah i was gonna say in between the homework and everything else yeah exactly but you know i mean but it's it's, it's good work and and i love that the comic community has been doing more things really reaching out whether it's mental illness or buddy was talking about the oh was it the, the, IB- the ibd the ibd mm-hmm. they're using it more for educating and, you know, like I was telling him is that even like my daughter, my daughter's autistic mm-hmm. and in school they use comic strips to teach her different things. 
they'll draw their own comic so if she's having a behavior or something they'll map it out into a little comic strip saying okay you know little Susie did this you know and this is how what happened and how should she you know how did how should she handle it or what's mm-hmm. the appropriate way and they kind of map it out and realize okay instead of her hitting somebody oh maybe she should say oh you know I don't feel well or you know and they'll map it out and she and they learn yeah. We would rehearse these comic strips with them and then they're able to kind of know, okay, that's the appropriate behavior. And it's it's a great forum for that. Yeah. You know, so I, I think the comic industry is um is doing some good work now. We're starting to see, you know, more things come out and this is awesome. I will definitely let her know. Yeah, she's very excited about it and uh it's something that she really gets behind and uh we're we're really jazzed about the whole thing. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time out and chat with us. And no like, oh man, it's like you know we should probably not wait another what? It's going to be what seventy episodes almost to chat yeah. again. <laughs> oh, you know, if something does happen and you're not going to New York, just so you know, there is another convention in Edison, New Jersey, in November. I heard about it, and I know it existed last year, and I think I missed it then, but um, refresh my memory real quick. Okay. Uh, what was that one called? It is called the New Jersey Comic Expo. It is in Edison, and it is November 19th and 20th. I will be there. Awesome. It was a lot of fun last year. Buddy Scalier was actually there last year as well. It was a smaller show. They're obviously hoping it, it's a little bigger this year, but um, Jim Lee came by last year great time a lot of fun met a lot of really great people and uh and you should definitely check it out oh absolutely and it's like you said new jersey I'm like all right i'm there <laughs> <laughs> any chance to go home <laughs> go figure it's not far it's in edison um i believe it's the people who do long beach comic-con are the ones that are also doing this show funny you should mention that because um long beach came up in a conversation um off the record uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it's funny, it's been coming up more and more. And, you know, I, I had looked into it very briefly and was like, oh man, I wish I can get out there for that because I was just looking at um, some of the programming that they have and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, they have Long Beach Comic Con, then they have Long Beach Comic Expo, and then they have New Jersey Comic Expo. It's the same company that's doing all of them. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Is there any difference between a con and an expo? The name? No, well, you know what it is. I think it's because um, I think that it's because these names are considered brands, so um, they might have to like trademark them. Uh, Which is kind of why I'm sorry. Like I apologize for cutting you off, but I was just thinking about why um, you know that constant argument about let's say like San Diego Comic Con or even New York Comic Con. It's like, can you really call it a comic book convention? But it's like that name holds weight and that's what they're known for. So even yeah. if they may not necessarily have that programming, it's that's what that's what it's known for. So it's more almost entitled only. As far as it, how much comics are really involved. Well, do you know yeah. San Diego Comic-Con is actually not for profit? Really? Yeah. Comic-Con International is uh, the company that San Diego Comic-Con is technically a not-profit, which I find kindness because it's like some ridiculous, like hundreds of millions of dollars. <laughs> But, but it's technically a not-for-profit. Yeah, it's a, it's a, was it 501C? Is that what they're called? That's wild. Yeah, it is, it is pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't know how they get away with it, but, <laughs> hey, well, you know? I mean, they pretty much bring the whole city in on that, I guess, so. Yeah, like, the, you know, the whole <clears throat> San Diego pretty much, I mean, really, think about it. They have that and what, Padres and Chargers games? Well, have you heard? <laughs> there was, like, this whole thing where... The city of San Diego could only afford to either fix the, to get the Chargers a new stadium or to expand the convention center. And it's been this fight between what's more important to the city of San Diego. So what do they call it? Like the, you know, the city planning board or whatever has to sit down and say, okay, what are we going to spend the money on? And the Chargers have, threatened to leave and the comic-con has threatened to leave and it's basically been this like standoff so i don't know how it's going to go but you can you can look up um online there's been sort of this back and forth with uh what, oh, wow. what do they call them like the city controllers or whatever like the city council about right. what they're going to keep 
the Rams went back to Los Angeles, so I'm like, I guess St. Louis is kind of a market for a football team. Yeah, well, <laughs> but that's the thing is, I don't know if they would leave and go to St. Louis. They might go somewhere else, but I know that, I think it's called WonderCon. Mm-hmm. There was another convention that was originally in San Francisco. They stopped doing the show in San Francisco, and now they're doing it in, I don't know where else. But they said, you know, well, we moved WonderCon, so, you know, like, don't don't test us. Oh, wow. Oh, they really pulled that line, huh? Kind of thing. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's been San Diego Comic-Con for 40 years, so we'll see what happens. I guess they're both institutions. I guess maybe at the end of the day, it's just really going to come down to money. Which one brings in the most revenue? Granted, Comic-Con's only once a year, but it's such a massive thing, whereas the games are kind of these smaller things spread out. So it'll be interesting to see what they figure out. I was like, granted, the Chargers hadn't gone to the Super Bowl since I was little. So, I mean, and they got their asses kicked by the Niners. So I was going to say the Chargers haven't gone to the Super Bowl since Junior Seau was on the team. Yeah, rest in peace, Junior. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was a long time ago, and really, he was like their best player for a very long time. And yeah. to tell you the truth, they're a team I keep forgetting that are in the NFL. Oh, shit. It's like, oh, you guys are here? It's like them and like, I don't know, even the Chiefs were kind of relevant for a while, so. Yeah, but then they had Priest Holmes, and then it was oh, like, yeah. oh, the Chiefs actually exist because they have Priest Holmes. Poor San Diego. You know what? I, no, I see that's bad because I'm basically advocating for them to lose their football team so I can keep comic book culture going just so that way I have a career myself. You know what? Football's got a good hold. You know, they don't need any help. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll just I'll just say this. The Cubs have clinched. All right? The Cubs have clinched. I'm surprised the world didn't end right there. Yeah, I know. I thought it was a sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> it could very well be. It's kind of warm. If... <laughs> If Trump becomes president... I'm moving to Canada. Uh, I have dual citizenship, so I'm already leaving. Oh! <laughs> the problem, though, is that I don't know how I'm going to get my husband to come with me. Because my citizenship does not extend to him. Wait, hold up. Wait, so we could somebody could come here, get married, and get citizenship, but he can't do that? No, no. Um, my citizenship is I'm a citizen. I was born in the United States, but I'm also a citizen of Ireland. Oh... But I was born in the States. If I was born somewhere else and then came to the States, that would be one thing. But he never applied for citizenship to Ireland and he can't get it because I got it through heraldry because my family is off the boat from Ireland on my dad's side. So my dad was an Irish citizen. So that's how I, my dad and my grandmother were Irish citizens. My sister's an Irish citizen so I can get it through them. But, but my husband can't get it, fortunately. Huh, so he's got to go through that whole He would have to process. go through like the whole immigration process. And there's this whole thing where like I think you have to live there for just like here. Like you have to live here for like a certain amount of years and you have to like, you know, get a job and, you know, pay taxes and blah, blah, blah and all this other stuff. So, yeah, so you got to do all the things a citizen's got to do, but without any of the benefits. That's, that's bullshit. Pretty much. But, th- <laughs> but that's how it but that's how it is here. That's how it is here when you come to the States. Like you have to like you have to live here for a certain amount of years and you've gotta like you can't vote though. Oh, okay. Like that's the thing. Like I don't believe that you can vote because my friend's husband, he's not a US citizen because he didn't renounce his uh citizenship. He's a resident alien. So he's legally allowed to be here, but he can't vote, which is weird. And he's been here like twenty years. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, why don't you just get your citizenship? And he just, I don't know. He's difficult, I guess. <laughs> and that takes time. People are busy. <laughs> no, it's easy. All you got to do is watch at least 1776, maybe like three times. And that, that tells you all the short circuit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You have to you have to take that test. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Which, I don't know. I heard the Canadian one isn't that hard. <laughs> is Canada north or south of the United States? It's like north. All right, you're in. <laughs> what are we known for? Moose and... Maple syrup. I don't know. And the, hockey. And also, you know what, though? I feel like that's pretty much what meese? it is. Uh, it's not meese, baby. It's not meese? That's okay. not an actual thing. All right. I'm just asking. Is it mooses? No, it's moose. No. So Wait. it's single moose and it's plural moose. Okay. I'm just asking. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Is it is it moose or meese? No. that's Oh, great. Now we're... <laughs> <laughs> See? It's not just me. <laughs> well, it's goose and geese. 
Wait. But it doesn't <laughs> work the same way. Unless they're might. No, that's might. This is why no one passed our citizenship test because our grammar system's <laughs> fucked up. Well, blame the English. <laughs> it's not. It's not our fault. Oh no, I'm not blaming either of you. I'm just like, oh gosh, are we really having this debate right now? Look, okay. I learned that it wasn't okay. You know the geese that come and poop everywhere. Yeah, the and, Canadian geese. Okay, little flying rats. Hold on, they're not Canadian geese. They're not called Canadian geese. They are called Canada geese. I got into a huge argument with somebody. I was like, they're from Canada, right? So they're Canadian. No, they're called Canada geese. They are not Canadian geese. Tomato, tomato. I know, but I'm just telling you. You can't say tomato, tomato. tomato. If it's if it's moose or meese, moose or geese, Canada Canadian, I call them Canadians. Just <laughs> piss people off, and I say Canada instead of Canada. Canadian. Yeah, but then they hit you with that righteous indignation, and then they're gonna shame you to death about it. And you know what? It hurts Think worse. Because your children. <laughs> Sorry, she's referencing this. Um, I guess you should probably tell the story and wrap up. But it's it's so funny. I don't Okay. A very horrible, shameful thing to admit on this podcast, but I have a strange fascination with road rage videos on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a Jersey thing. Maybe it's like, this is my taste of home because it's not really as fun out here. Because <laughs> I don't know. Jersey road rage is, it's fun. You know, you're, you're angry at the same time. It's like, that's kind of how you get your aggression out <laughs> here. It's, it's frightening. They run you off the road. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, like one of the videos, it's US and Canada. The difference between can- Canadian and, and U.S. road rage? It's amazing. <laughs> no, check this out. You really had to see, you really did have to hear it. <laughs> so, this guy, I guess, um, I don't know where he's from, because obviously you don't see his plate, but there's another driver who keeps cutting him off or trying to cut him off, and he's like, you know, landing his horn, whatever, and he's from Ohio. So, he keeps honking, he's cursing him out, and the Canadian guy, which I'm going to do a really bad Canadian accent, but it's Very like, bad. he's like, go back to Ohio, and like, he just keeps yelling it at first. So, the guys keep screaming at him, I was like, oh, I'm going to kick your ass, and he like, he like, threatens to open his door and the canadian guy's like oh if that's what you feel you must do then you know by all you know he's just like okay what? <laughs> oh it gets better so at that point this guy he gets up alongside of him because now he's like you know fuck you and all this and i was like you have children in the back you should watch your language <laughs> you know and he keeps cursing at him still and it's like oh it's like that's terrible behavior to show in front of your children it's like think of like what about them it's like think of your family it's like think of your heart <laughs> <laughs> and then go back to Ohio. <laughs> well, yeah, like and he capped off with that and sped off. Like, so it wasn't enough. Like in Jersey, New York, you know, obviously we're all tri-state area. It's always fuck you, you know, something like that. But here, he's literally just like shaming him. It's like think of your family. Like you're embarrassing them. I'm like, that is such a Canadian way to argue. But it's not the other one you told me. Like, like they were like, oh, you want to get out the car? And it was like, no, okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was this other video. I think those guys were like either Australian or something like oh, that, okay. where they got into like a mild fender bender, and the one guy's gonna get out and fight him. So the one guy's like, "You want to get out? You want to go?" And the guy's like, "No." And he's like, "All right," and he gets back in the car and <laughs> drives off. That would never happen, Jersey or New York. <laughs> no. Yeah, because all the American ones, like they don't. And that's the funny part. There's no words exchange here. If there is a fight, it's literally like three steps. Okay. Collision, unloosening seatbelt. Okay, it's four steps. Uh-huh. Open the car door, fisticuffs. <laughs> you know, there it's like fisticuffs. <laughs> you know, but there they're pretty much just like you know what. Even in like the worst of road rage, you're still being fairly reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> so polite. Wow. <laughs> but that's like on the old podcast. Well, you've heard it. Yeah. Um, um, me and my old co-host, we found out that like Seattle has a thing called the mutual combat law. What? All right. <laughs> So it turns out, like, okay, let's say you and I, we get into a, a verbal altercation, right? Okay. And it looks like we're about to fight. So according to this mutual, um, what is uh, the mutual combat law, we can both agree the terms to engage in a fist fight. It's basically like hockey. You can continue to fight as until someone hits the ground, which at that point, the fight's over. Now, after that, you can still be arrested or what have you, but... Cops won't get involved? No, well, matter of fact, I watched one video where they did that, but the cops, they basically, the guy's like, okay, um, you know, are you want to, do you want to fight? Like, okay. And he's like, yeah. So, you know, they, looks like they're talking it over. Next, you know, they get into a fight and the cops are watching and they wait till the one guy gets knocked down. Then they come break it up and arrest everybody. 
So it's like they're setting it's almost like a duel when they be like, okay, we're gonna agree on which gun, who gets to shoot, yeah, you know, pistols, turn on three, and yeah, except <laughs> what? you know, and, and, and if you die, you're gonna get arrested because you can't kill nobody, but you know, you can still agree on it. But yeah, I That's don't know funny. if it's still a thing, but at least that was what 2013 we did that episode. On my old podcast, but yeah, there's a thing called mutual combat law. Yeah, that's the reason why that's not over here. <laughs> what? <laughs> we don't give each other and anybody enough time to think about what they want to find. <laughs> what? I'm just so confused. I know. All right, I just looked it up. Is that um, awesome? <laughs> it's like the legal definition of mutual combat is as follows. A fight into which both parties enter willingly or in which two persons upon a sudden quarrel and in hot blood mutually fight upon equal terms. Oh, so, yeah, you can pretty so much... So, if you bring a knife to a gunfight, you know, you broke the rules. Well, I don't think you're allowed to bring to weapons fight. or anything <laughs> like that. Like, no, you can't go into, like, gladiator style, but I think it's mostly just, like... Oh, that'd be awesome, though. Well, no, in that case, then that's... Like, oh, wielding a mace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the same Thunderdome, my God. <laughs> we don't need another hero. Jersey's pretty close to Thunderdome, dude. No, Jersey is. It really is. You never saw those Mad Max memes where it's like driving in New Jersey and it's like the picture of like Nux and these. And by the way, I could sing better than that, but I was laughing. So like... I know you can't, oh, darling. Don't worry. <laughs> like, my best team to turn up. It's like you will arrive on the turnpike shiny and chrome. <laughs> oh, and after that, all will tail. Erica, oh, please, before God. you go. Well, thank you again, by the way. Thank Thanks, you love. for having me. Thank you for having me, as usual. Always, and hope we get to see you. Yes, I mean, like I said, if you are able to come to New York, fantastic. If not, try and make it to the Jersey Show. Um, I'll be in Artist Alley at New York at table P at 7. Poop 7, just put it that way. <laughs> um, and uh, definitely check out the Edison Show, Edison, New Jersey, the New Jersey Comic Expo, and uh, End the Stigma mental health anthology go to mentalhealthanthology.com and uh check it out any sites where people can further connect with you or read any of your works online uh yeah you can go to erica schultzwrites.com you can go to m3comic.com or you can find me on twitter erica schultz 42 and um i just warn everybody uh i post a lot of pictures of my cat <laughs> But see, that automatically makes you like one of the denizens of the internet. Like, I don't think there's anybody who gets upset about that. No, there's some people that are just like, why do you keep posting photos of your cat? See, this is the thing. Like, I couldn't have a cat for the longest time. And then we finally, and then I was finally able to get a cat. And we went to the shelter and we got, we, you know, I always try to get shelter cats because, you know, nobody's going to take. And I, and I don't get the kittens. I get like the, you know, five, six-year-old cats that nobody's going to take. So we go to the uh-huh. And we pick up this cat who is enormous. He's a dog. <laughs> like, he's the size of a dog. And they named him Dale. And I was like, what, like the idiot from Chip and Dale? No, his name's Simon. So he is this big, fluffy cat. Who He's a white cat, but he, he looks like somebody spilled gray paint on his back. So he's all white, except for this big old blotch of paint on his back and when he sits down his butt looks like an elephant (laughs) and he's very sweet he's afraid of the sound of his own farts he's like scared (laughs) he's he's terrified of everything (laughs) but little by little slowly we've been we've been acclimating him to life in the big city or you know the big condo and, you know, after multiple months, he no longer gets terrified of the sound of the paper towel roll on the, uh, of pulling a paper towel from the paper towel roll. And he doesn't get freaked out with the sound of the toilet flushing. Uh, oh so God. little by, yeah, he's like. He has PTSD. <laughs> honest to God, I think he might. But that's the thing is we went to the shelter and we know nothing about him. The lady was like, this old guy came in and just. Fed us a, a story of BS and just you know brought him, so we know nothing about him. So, but he's adorable and he's sweet. And when you pet him a lot and he purrs a lot, he actually lets you stick your face in his belly. And Aww. I do that often. So I I post photos of my cat all the time. <laughs> and I'm annoying that way, but I don't care. <laughs> you saved a life. So thank I, we you for did. Sharing. He he saved us. We we saved each other. We saved each other. Oh, he's like your little therapist. 
He is is my furry therapist. He definitely (laughs) is. And he's got the pinkest nose ever. Oh, how have I missed the pictures of the cat? I don't know why. I always catch the snarkiness, which I love, but I missed the pictures. I gotta have to look. If you go to my Twitter and you and you just go to my uh, my media, like you'll be like three pictures in, and you'll see the cat. <laughs> awesome. Although I posted a bunch of like TBTs yesterday, simply because um, September 11th, I posted a picture of him. Oh, he has a fetish about shoes. He likes sniffing. And- oh yeah, the sneaker thing. Yes, that is that is. Fun. Yes, yes. Okay, I have seen him. Yes, yes, yes. I remember yeah. the sneaker thing. That was he's um yeah. Yes, he's. I wonder great- what the story behind that is. <laughs> I don't know. I know that dogs, like when you come home, dogs like to sniff you to see where you've been. Yeah. So maybe that's like, maybe, I told you, he's big like a dog. So maybe that's like a cat dog thing. Huh. I have no idea. He's a weird cat. <laughs> Wait, he fits in. <laughs> sweet and I love him, but he's a freaking weirdo. But Aww. He, he fits in. He fits in. He fits in. <laughs> it sounds perfect. Exactly. But thank oh. you so much for having me. You guys are awesome. Can't wait to see you in New York and um and save me some baked goods. I'll tell you, hubby. <laughs> we had um we had um banana chocolate chip muffins this morning. Oh my gosh, were those the ones that you had at the Eastside Max signing? Because I've had dreams about those things. Well, he well he usually makes it like the banana bread, like as one big like loaf of bread. But he just instead of doing it as a loaf of bread, he did them in a um, like a muffin. Tin. It's the same exact recipe. Just stick it in muffin tin. So yeah, they're so, addictive. All right, yeah, I'll bring the milk. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we'll have because uh, it'll be fall. I'm sure he'll have the pumpkin cookies and the pumpkin bread. Thanks everybody for listening. <laughs> I had so much fun. <laughs> and the good news is you get to hear Eileen and I after the ending themes. So oh, yeah. if you hadn't get enough of us already, so <laughs> that'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue. Bye. Take care. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm His Issues. Wait, what? Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm... Wait, wait, that's not right. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Eileen. Tune in to the Adrian Has Issues podcast. Each week we chat with some great people. Including me from time to time. Comic book creators, comedians. Musicians and actors. Tax collectors, Zamboni drivers. (sighs) Point is, basically anyone willing to sit down for a geeky discussion or two on all things pop culture. Visit AdrianHasIssues.com where you can download and stream every episode. Especially the ones featuring yours truly. Visit Adrian Has Issues on Facebook and Twitter. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review and tell me how amazing I am. Us. I mean us. Ah, oh, McKenna, you're way cooler than I am anyway. Oh, thanks, babe. Oh, and Adrian Has Issues is also a proud member of the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Awesome. Nice save, Brodor. <sighs> Visit AdrianHasIssues.com. <laughs>